Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got Coach Derek Smith with me. Coach Smith is not only a father and a husband, he's also a NSCA Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. He is the Director of Strength and Conditioning at the Southside School District. He is a former D2 All-American offensive lineman at Arkansas Tech. He is now, uh, the offensive line coach at Southside Charter High School. Uh, interestingly enough, his father once broke all of his skateboards because he walked the entire mile in middle school, and he is just an all-around goofy dude, but I am excited to have him with us today. How you doing, Coach? Glad, good. Glad to be here, man. Awesome. hope everything's going good for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Same for you. Uh, you know, a lot of people, truthfully, a lot of people – and, and we're going to touch on this a little bit. A lot of people are jealous of you right now because of your home gym setup. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're saying hopefully everyone's doing well. You're, you're kicking butt over there with some of your, your, your weights. So you got a lot of jealous football coaches right now. Uh, I was just something I built uh, a couple years ago. Uh, basically sold all my stocks to do it, but uh, is a good investment. Yeah, well, it's – it's something that when, when eventually I get a, a, a house with a garage or something along those lines, it's, it's, a, it's a must, I think, for sure. Um, Absolutely. Be careful when you uh, select your plates, though. Uh, get the ones that bounce a little bit because I got the, the super hard competition ones and uh, had to replace my floor, and that sucks. So. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Well, I don't lift quite as heavy as weights as you, but I'll, I'll, I'll still keep, keep my eyes open for that. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me a little bit just about, you know, you've been a part of some good teams in college, obviously, and, and in, in high school now as a coach. Talk to me a bit about how, um, how important the offensive line was to the success of those teams. Uh, to me, I mean, it's – and obviously I'm an offensive line coach, so my opinion may be kind of skewed, but uh, I think having a, a good O-line is paramount and having a successful team of any kind, uh, not to, to dismiss what running backs do or skill players do, but – uh, if you can have the best running back in the world and have a terrible O-line and they're going to look like an average back as right. to where if you have an elite offensive line and a, uh, any kind of running back, they're going to look a lot better than they really are. So uh, I think it's hugely important. Uh, and you've got to get a guy there. Uh, that's not saying you have to have played O-line to coach O-line at all, but you got to get a guy there that kind of knows what it takes, understands the nuances of the position, and then – 
to me, the biggest thing, yeah, technique's important. All the all of your steps are important. Knowing the play is important. But just uh, you got to get a guy there that can teach the kids to basically be an a-hole between the whistle with regards to get the game and the way that position's played. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you have to go about it. And, yeah, absolutely. It's and, and, you know, it, it's funny you say that. It's we teach our kids that you know to play play within the you know play between the whistles as hard as you can and be a little nasty and be a little you know over aggressive but you have to be able to uh to reel it in and play with play with your mind as well and play with um some sort of emotional control if you want to call it that yeah while they're playing that spot absolutely uh you know you got it, like you said, you got to be able to rein it in. But I always want guys that are kind of teetering that edge, and I want the head coach to have to tell me to get them to back off rather right. than to, to get them to, to get after it. And I'll take a, a hot head over a, a technical Tommy uh, any day of the week. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta have that. They gotta have that in them. So somewhere where they, where they can, they can find it on Friday or Saturday for sure. Um, Talk, talk to me a little bit about your time at Arkansas Tech. You know, I, I think a lot of people, um, you know, you're very active on social media, on Twitter. And, and like I said in the intro, you're, you're a lovable goofball uh, that, that everybody likes to kind of rip on. And, 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 and in a good way, I hope you understand that. Um, but you were an All-American offensive lineman. I mean, you were it, – it, it, I don't care what level you're at, if you're playing whatever you are, you know, D2, D3, NAI, JUCO, to make All-American means you are one of the top – you know, 10 or 15 in, in the country. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize about that, that about you. Talk, talk a little bit about your time at, at, uh, at Arkansas Tech and, and sort of, you know, what fond memories you have of, of, uh, of there. Uh, first off, I mean, obviously you don't realize it when you're playing, uh, but when, once you get out and there'll be times I'm literally just driving down the road and I'll think about something that one of our teammates did during a conditioning session or, or before practice or, You'll just be driving down the road and think of those little things that happened when you played mm-hmm. uh, and just give you a good laugh. Uh, we were fortunate. Uh, coach Steve Mullins was our head coach, kind of an old-school guy, awesome guy. Uh, loved, absolutely loved playing for him. Uh, Scott Preston was our offensive coordinator. He actually worked with uh, Hal Mummy and Mike Leach at Valdosta. And then uh, our, we had a couple different defensive coordinators, great guys, and then uh, just great position coaches. Uh, we had some moderate, you know, three years we went basically five and five, I think, and then one year we went nine and two mm-hmm. uh, and kind of made a little run there. Uh, lost to North Alabama twice, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, they had some great teams. They had like, I think, 27 Division One transfers, so it was oh, nice. Uh, it was cool to get to play against those dudes uh, that had played at a super high elite level. And they weren't guys that, like, didn't play at those big schools. They got them for, you know, D2, you get guys for various reasons. Uh, they had Preston Parker at receiver who played a couple of years in the league. And then uh, they had a DN who started for Miami who was an absolute freak. Uh, our tackle had a tough time adjusting going from your normal D2 guy to that guy. But uh, right. he hung in there with them and battled. Uh, just had some had some great times uh, at Arkansas Tech and uh, – Really appreciative of the coaches and the time they uh, spent with us and put into that program. And then, uh, like I said, learned a lot. Uh, 
as far as, you know, we were air raid. So uh, in high school, I went from a team that basically ran the ball 85% of the time and went to passing the ball 95% of the time. <laughs> right. So that was different, but uh, I, I kind of liked, uh, I liked the one at air raid because it almost, as an O-lineman, a lot of times it almost makes you feel like a shutdown cornerback in the sense of, if in pass protection, I'm locking this dude down one-on-one -on -one, right. no matter what. And so I kind of liked it from that mindset of things. Yeah, you don't get to, you know, maul people like you do in the run game, but there's a whole nother kind of mental aspect that comes from running the air raid of it's me versus this dude one-on-one -on -one and I'm going to lock his, lock his A down. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's – and that's one of those things that as a – you know, it's <clears throat> especially now as a – seeing the college side of things, I mean – it's it can be uh, it can be a bit of a challenge as the coach to you know get I'm sure were you guys I mean did, were you a tackle or a guard? I was a guard. So were you were you in a two point stance or a three point stance? We we were we were straight two. Okay, so as a coach, you know you've got to go. I'm sure as a as a high school player, you never played with your hand off the ground, you know. And so oh, to, yeah. to to reteach that stance and to reteach those sort of. Uh, cues in the in the mind um you know that can be a little bit of a of a struggle for sure um and especially as a you know as a player coming in to to have to to make those changes but um that's awesome that you guys that you guys that you know that you have that experience of, of of making that change now that you can explain to your kids as you're coaching them like hey just because we're doing this offense right now doesn't mean you won't be successful at the next level or you know doing whatever it is you guys do there so um, yeah, fantastic. or you may go somewhere that runs something similar, and you right. know how college is two years in, maybe a whole new staff doing something completely different. So, right, uh, I think it's important uh, to be versatile and and have a a large toolbox. Abs oh, absolutely. I always I, I I use the the phrase tool belt with my guys, but yeah, absolutely have have those tools in the tool belt. Um, yeah, yeah. So we we talked a bit about the the strength and conditioning um, earlier, and about how you're you know you're a big a big lifting guy. Um, and again, you're posting a lot of videos on social media of you making these lifts and, and, and doing these things. How important was that for you to, to keep those posts going as you kind of became a strength and conditioning coach? And as you, you know, you're in charge of the entire district. Um, how important is it, is it for you to, to keep those things up and running to show those kids that like, Hey, this is, you know, this is obviously you're not going to be touch, coming close to these weights just yet, but you know, like let's let's keep these keep doing these things, and and this is going to be important for you, you know, as a functioning athlete and as you you know progress into into adulthood. I, I think it's important from an aspect of uh, if you come in and you're kind of a new guy or you're new at a school, uh, honestly, the first thing the kids are going to do is try and find you on social media, mm -hmm. and then so. Uh, if you can kind of show that you walk the walk with what you're teaching them, uh, it's critical. I don't think like you have to have a big presence on social media to be a, a good strength coach or, or you have to uh, currently train. And what right. I mean by that is like, if you're an older guy who's, who's paid his dues and spent his time under a barbell training and learning, then you don't necessarily have to do all that. But I think if you're a younger guy, it's a uh, critical, not just to, freaking read studies and then implement things on the kids you need to read studies learn about something do it yourself personally and then uh see if there's a place to carry it over for the kids so i think that's a uh, huge in terms of creating buy-in with your kids 
and then uh, don't be afraid to, you know, share when you fail too. Uh, right. That, that's part of it. It's not always go to the gym and smoke PRs every day. I wish it was. <laughs> right. And that's, that was one of the things when I was coaching high school and even now coaching college too, uh, you know, I, I always tell guys, um, you know, the, the weight room is the one place where, where failure is, is, is okay. You know, it's not a, a, a total negative um, if it happens in the weight room, because that means you're, you're pushing that, that threshold. That means you're pushing, you know, you're, you're searching for that PR. So yeah, definitely. That's a great message for, for anybody, you know, any kids listen to this or, or any, you know, early young strength and conditioning coaches, failure is okay. You know, it, it's okay for a, a guy to, you know, I, I, I just saw one you had the other day, I think you were front squatting and, and you dropped it. Um, and I don't remember what the weight was probably 450 or something, but um, uh, I was 405. It's still, it's still pissing me off. <laughs> well, but that, but, but still it, it's okay. It, it, you know, if you fail at that, you're not going to kind of, you're not going to go into a hole and be negative. It's going to motivate you like it is, you know, like you said, you're pissed off. It's going to motivate you to hit it and to, to, to work harder to get it. So no, that's where absolutely. that, that's where that failure in the, in the weight room is, is a good thing and a positive thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going along with that, you want the weight room to obviously carry over to the sport. And that's a large part of it is you're going to have these, you know, small setbacks, mm -hmm. uh, things not go absolutely perfect. And then it's kind of how you respond to that. And you can get that in the weight room, you know, basically year round. And then that helps, helps you when you get to your sport for the three to four month period that, that, that is. So. Right. Right. Um, Kind of that brings me to my next question, uh, kind of along the same lines of your with your strength and conditioning. Um, you know, you're in charge of the whole district. How how are you getting are you getting kids workouts, especially during this tough time? Um, you know, what what are you guys doing to make sure that that all the athletes are kind of doing doing what they need to be doing, not necessarily what they're what they have to be doing, but just doing what they need to be doing. So we've been using uh, Team Builder basically like a strength and conditioning software mm -hmm. there's a there's a lot of them out there now uh but that's the one we've been using and we put the workouts on there it pushes the workouts directly to the kids phones and then it has video examples most of them are are, are for me of the different movements or lifts that we'll do and then we, we just kind of challenge them with creative ways uh to load these movements so we had you know some type of press the other day and one of our kids sent in a video uh, pressing freaking boulders over his head, which I thought was awesome. That's pretty uh, cool. Probably not the, the safest thing, but it'll be all right. Right. Uh, and then, so, and then we'll just kind of check in with them occasionally, ask them to send different videos. Got several videos from our uh, volleyball girls, basketball girls, uh, football guys, uh, all basketball guys, all finding these different ways uh, to train these movements. And then um, on the app, you actually like kind of input your data on some mm -hmm. of it. And so we can uh, keep track with them that way too. And that's been the best way. Uh, you know, I don't live in fairy tale world. I don't think a hundred percent of our kids are doing it. I'm sure we have some that have been playing Fortnite for freaking six weeks <laughs> and uh, doing nothing. But right. for those that are going to do it, I think it, it obviously helps benefit them. And then, Honestly, the ease of having it, you got to meet the kids where they're at now. So the ease of having it pushed to their phone directly uh, helps get some more kids in uh, and get them involved and willing to do it too. So, 
Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's we, we use team builder at, at Lake Forest too. So we're, we're, I'm pretty familiar with it, but it's, it, it is, it's great. And, and I think the, for anybody not using it, um, this is not, you know, I'm not trying to push it on anybody, but the, the video aspect of it where, you know, where a kid comes up to you in the weight room and says, coach, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Hey, press this button right here. And it's going to show you a one, you know, an example of how to do it and how to do it properly. I think that's a great, uh, great tool for the, for the app. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic for us. And then I, I use it for like my personal training and online clients too. Right. Uh, and they've had, uh, they've enjoyed using it. And then, like I said, it's just been great for us. Uh, awesome dudes over there for sure. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and girls. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good one. Um, all right, coach, last question I've got for you. Uh, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you played with or guys you've coached, um, or guys you're just a fan of who, who would be on that five man offensive line? Oh man. Uh, obviously Orlando Pace would be on there. Okay. Uh, Staley just retired from the 49ers. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Uh, he'd be on there. You know, he's not your, he, he wouldn't be on some people's, but just from his aspect of just being a standard in the league for so long, uh, he, he would definitely be on mine. Uh, let's see. Uh, wild card no one will know about. Uh, I'd put a guy I played with our center in college, uh, Torrance Wright. Uh, if you could be in the NFL and be six foot or six foot one, uh, he would be there. Yeah. Uh, best player I've ever played with. Most awesome attitude I've ever seen someone play with in terms of being an offensive lineman. Uh, and really kind of taught me that, and I didn't know you could kind of be like this, that uh, as an offensive lineman, you can have fun with the position just as a skill player would, you know, just as a skill player celebrates when they freaking house a, a run or, right. or catch a long touchdown pass. You can have that same emotion and energy when you knock someone on their ass as an O-lineman, or you can kind of talk that same trash uh, as an O-lineman. So, Learned that from him, absolute lockdown center. Uh, probably watched him go one-on-one, -on -one pass rush, hell, 400 times in college, and he literally never lost one. Yeah. Uh, so he'd be on mine. Let's see, who else? Uh, it's slipping my mind now, but the guy, the guard for the Colts. Oh, uh, uh, Quentin Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. He, he may be my favorite now. <laughs> uh, just an ultimate bad A. Yeah. And then uh, – Last one, maybe uh, maybe uh, the guy, Jason Peters, played for Arkansas. Oh, yep. Uh, yep. Played tight end. Uh, he'd be on there. Those are all, you know, relatively new guys, but it's just since I've been watching ball and since I've played O-line, those guys would be on my, uh, my Mount, O-line Mount Rushmore. Very good. I, that's a good list. I like it. I, I like it when um... – you know, I've had I've interviewed a bunch of coaches, and everyone's list has been different. But I, I like it when they go back and kind of find the find the guy that they played college ball or high school ball with that was just really special to them. So that's 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 cool. That's a good it's a good list, coach. I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, yeah, that dude. That dude. He was a he was a good one. He's like a two or three time All American. Uh, and like I said, if you could be in the league at six foot, uh, yeah, he'd be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Coach, before we get you out of here, do me a favor. Uh, drop your Twitter handle for everybody and any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, it's uh, just at Coach D. Smith. 
guys, feel free to reach out. My email is coachdeesmith1 at gmail.com. And then uh, we'll kind of leave, I guess, uh, with a funny story. I've been wanting to get this off my chest for a while, and I, oh I did somewhat uh, on Coach Rigaldo's page the other day. But uh, so uh, to, to preface it, I'm, I'm at my first ever job. Uh, and basically coming up uh, in high school and all through that, my dad owned a plumbing company. So I always worked, you know, for my dad so I could get away with certain things, you know, and I didn't right. realize, you know, I thought the other side of like the real work world was just cutthroat, dry, do one thing wrong, you get fired. So I'm at my first job as a seventh grade football coach at Cedarville High School in Cedarville, America. And uh, I'm in a hurry between classes. And I, I go to the to the urinal in the team locker room, and, and I'm peeing. And I guess I'm, you know, not paying attention. I'm in a hurry, and a little bit gets on the floor. Well, about 10 seconds later, the head coach walks in there, the head senior high coach, and says, he's on a custom tirade. He's pissed. One, Smith, one of your little seventh graders peed on the floor in here. And, and at that point, I'm thinking, oh, hell, I know it was me. But at that point, I'm thinking I could get fired for peeing on the floor. So he says, I want you to take those seventh graders out there and run the hell out of them until one of them fesses up. And so the seventh graders walk in and I tell them, we're going to go outside and run until one of y'all fesses up for peeing on the floor. And uh, like I said, just been wanting to get it off my chest. Apologies to those seventh graders. Uh, nobody died. Everybody was fine. And uh, one fessed up for doing so took one for the team, but hell at some point he probably did pee on the floor. So I don't feel all that bad for it. That for anybody that doesn't know Coach Smith, that is Coach Smith in a nutshell right there. That was that was the highlight of my podcasting career right there, Coach. I, I appreciate the the uh, the confession, and uh, I, I hope those kids don't still hate you for that. But that 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 you were awesome for that one, Coach. I think everybody's done something to that regard at some point. Just gotta gotta fess up to it some way. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you know, it was great talking to you. Hopefully you and your family are staying safe and staying healthy. Uh, you know, hopefully good luck to you this upcoming season and, and uh, looking forward to talking with you more on the down the road. Same to you guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Love what you're doing with the chat. Uh, it's a fantastic way to grow, you know, keep growing the sport and not only growing the sport but growing the position. So appreciate Absolutely. you guys and what you do. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...